beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name you have. We sing your praise this morning because of who you are and because of what you've done in our life and because we believe in you.
we believe the truth, but we stand in this room singing sometimes when we don't feel like it. I think that's the power of being in this room is that the person right beside me can say, yeah, I've seen that in my life. I believe that's true. It reminds us that you created the stars and you created the universe and you created the, the land and the sea and that you're so intimate at the same time. They don't pass us by, that, that you're there for each one of us, God. And so, man, we, we praise your name in this room and we thank you for who you are and we love you. We pray it all in Jesus' name.
God, as we uh, just continue out of singing to you, we just sit and knowing that the truth that we sing, that we just sang, God, is so true. The reason why we can sing of your love forever is because you reign as king, because you love us, not based upon not our merit or based upon our success, our bank account, our relationships, but based upon the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why we gather. That's why we do what we do, because we sing to a reigning and alive king. So Jesus, we love you. Thank you for bringing us here, that we can gather under your name, that we can make you the priority here. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. Say hello to those around you. the uh, sunshine coming through and that Jesus is alive, our King. Can we just get a, yeah. The only reason why we can get excited, I love, I love when Zach was saying, you know, even when you don't feel it, we're still talking about what's true. We're still singing about Jesus who is alive, reigning, and he is our King. And so that's why we gather here at Crossroads. We're on mission to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. My name's Luke. I get to be one of the pastors here. And so it's just a good, it's just a good day. It's a good day not here for no random reason. You're here on purpose. And so a few things I'm privileged to share with you about. If you pass the friendship folders down the rows, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. One thing I want to talk about is today is the church picnic. Can we just thank God for Cindy Loudon and her team planning this? Yep. So it is going to be, there's information in your bulletin, but it is going to be at Palmer Park at the Liganelli uh, Pavilion. And we'll be doing our best to flag everybody down as they come in. But it's the first one when you come in to your left. Uh, there'll be a bunch of crazy people hanging out there. Because we're a bunch of awesome people, crazy people. And so um, it's going to be, it's going to start at 1 o'clock. We'll have food throughout the day. The softball game starts at 3 o'clock. So if you want to come, bring a mitt. Uh, we're going to play with a 12-inch softball. Yep, game on. Zach's playing. Um, and then we're going to have a cornhole tournament at some point throughout the day. And then Weird Eric, not our youth pastor, is going to be there doing uh, balloon animals and all kinds. Of, seriously, like literally anything you can think of, he's made it. Go on his Facebook page. He's done some really, really awesome things here in Pittsburgh. So check him out. And then we're going to just have some good food from V&V here in Finleyville. We love V&V. And so they're going to be catering and there's going to be all kinds of good food y'all are bringing. So it's going to be a good afternoon. Come hang out. Whether today is number one or today is... 3,465, whatever your time here been at Crossroads, just want to invite you all to come hang out with us, Palmer Park and Denora. There's information in your bulletin about that map too. Um, one other thing too that's coming up this Wednesday night is going to be our children's ministry interest meeting. And what I mean by that is we start off the fall Wednesday night programming, kids, adult groups, all kinds of stuff, student ministry, starting on the 11th of September. And this Wednesday night, we're going to have an interest meeting for anybody who's interested in joining the Wednesday night kids clubhouse team. And so mark your calendars this Wednesday night. It'll be in the canopy room. And so uh, we are just really looking forward to this time and just connecting everybody with what we're doing curriculum-wise, what we're going to the schedule for the year, who's teaching, how everything's going to run, uh, what the deal is. And so if you're interested in serving on that children's ministry team on Wednesday night, uh, we would love to find a place that fits your gifting. And if you're like, I don't know what my gifts are, but I'm interested in helping, we would love to talk to you about that. So you can email in, call us, but that's going to be this Wednesday night in the canopy room. And so we look forward to hanging out with you guys. And so it's going to be at six o'clock. We'll be down in the canopy room. So mark your calendars for that. Next Sunday is next steps after the second service. You can register online or in your bulletin. This is just a way that we try to give an opportunity for people looking to take that next step, whether it's membership and joining the church or getting interested in, in serving student ministry, children's ministry, life groups, or understanding more about the church, what we believe, getting to know Pastor Ken and other people on staff. And so it's going to be a great time, free lunch, free child care. We just ask that you let us know you're coming. That way we can plan accordingly. So it's good.
good stuff, a lot of things that are happening, but please come to the picnic. We would just love to see you. That's all we want. We just want to hang out and just relax and just enjoy each other. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we see this morning's offering. If today is your first day and you're joining us, please feel free to let the plate pass. It's for those that call this church their home. We give to the mission to see lives changed by Jesus. You're welcome to participate. We just are so humbled at what God's doing the best is yet to come because God's always on the move. And so let's go before the Lord as we continue on this morning. Jesus, we love you. We're thankful that we can gather under your name, that we can stand on, on everything that you are. And Lord, I know that uh, as we open up uh, this new series on Philemon, I pray that we would just start to wrestle with what are we connected to? What's our source? drawn from our bank account when days are great or are we drawn from the true source and that's Jesus are we drawn from when relationships are great and everything's not bad and that's good enough for us or are we drawn from the true source which is Jesus and so I pray that this morning as we open up your word Holy Spirit would you move would you illuminate just that which we should see and grow and how we should be challenged and when we walk away closer to you God recognize that like Zach was praying just a minute ago that you are near so Lord we love you we're humbled at how you're just what you're doing and so would we uh, have eyes to see and ears to hear more of you and how we can take this message of hope to a watching hurting broken world we love you Jesus thank you for loving us in your name you glad to be here this morning? Let's thank God this morning. What a great day. I was, uh, I was thankful last week that I was, I was able to get away a little bit last week and thankful that everything went good back here. Thank God for Pastor Luke and the team here. Can we just thank God for this church, man? I'm so thankful for our church. God's been so good to us. <clears throat> you know, as uh, we, we've been going through this movie series and now we're going to switch gears. We're going to go into a series on Philemon. Uh, it's, uh, I call it our summer book study, all right? I like to take a book from the Bible every summer and go through a book and actually uh, get into it and kind of go verse by verse. So we're going to go verse by verse through this book of Philemon. But as, uh, as we're getting into this, I was just reminded, you know, I got to get away last week, and I know a lot of you have been getting away. It's been some fun times, and a lot of people are away today. It's just kind of coming and going season. But it's that time of year you go, and half the time you're in a Maybe you're in a hotel or you're in a house that you've rented or something like that, and, and you're just in a foreign environment. And so for me, we, you know, we went up to Niagara Falls. We had the time of our life. They have this meal up there. I don't even know how to pronounce it right, but it's basically French fries with gravy and cheese. Can there be anything better, folks, okay? And so I ate that every day for six days. My wife was like, you know, there's chicken. You can have chicken. I'm like, no, I'll eat this particular meal. And so I'm, I'm literally, I'm addicted to French fries and cheese and gravy. It's wonderful, right? So, so I went up there, we had a good time. And then, you know, you come back to that hotel and you're just kind of worn out and you're tired and, and you know, it's time to go to bed. And they always put the switch to the light all the way by the door. Have you ever noticed that? 
It's all the way by the door, and my bed is all the way by the window. So I got to come into this hotel room. Everybody gets settled in, and then it's time for dad gets to have the rights, right? Uh, Husband, all right? Husband gets to go up and go over and shut the lights off. So I go over, and I shut the light off. As I shut the light off, I'm stumbling around the room. And this happens every time we go away. It's like no, no matter where we go, I'm the one who hits the light. And then, you know, you're stumbling around the room and you're just trying to find. Then you come over and you find that lamp and it's typically on the, on the nightstand there or on a desk right next to the, in the hotel room there next to your bed. So I always need a little bit more light, you know, just so I make sure I'm really hitting the bed or whatever, okay? So it's just like you come over and you, and you hit that light. And uh, I'll never forget one time I went into one of those hotels like that and, uh, and I went and hit the switch, you know. And you go and you hit the switch and you just start clicking the switch and nothing's happening. And so you just keep turning the switch and nothing's happening. And you're like, oh, gee, it mustn't be plugged in. So you follow the cord down to the wall and then you say, okay, well, it's plugged in. You just reseat the plug and then you come up and you're like, wow, it must be something wrong. And so you look at the bulb and you say, is the bulb broke? And I'll never forget one time I was in one of those places and I went in and I found out that the, that the bulb wasn't broke, but it was loose. And so you just tighten the bulb, and then all of a sudden, it worked, okay? And uh, what, what a dirty trick to play on somebody, you know? Go to a hotel room and loosen the bulbs, you know? I'm like, that, that's, that's kind of rotten. That's almost like taking the lid off a salt shaker at a restaurant, right? So, uh, so, so we went in there, and, and, you know, and you tighten the bulb up. And so, so as you're in these foreign environments, you've got to have that light in order for you to feel comfortable. You've got to have that light in order for you to find the bed. You've got to have that, and, uh, and, and, then, and then you can settle in. And so, as you go through this, I want you to remember, as you look at this this morning, there's three connection points. One is the source. You have to go to the source. And this this lamp in itself will not light unless it's plugged into the source. You have to go to the power source itself. Number two is the switch, okay? You have to have the switch. If that switch does not work, you do not have, you do not get light, uh, years ago, we had a lamp at home, and, uh, and the, switch, the switch broke, you know, that little socket with a switch. So I went there, and uh, I remember I went down to EV Hardware, and I bought another little socket with a switch, and I replaced the switch. And man, I, it was like, wow, for $3, I saved the lamp. I was all happy about that. And then the last part is the socket. You can have the bulb, but if you don't have the socket, if you don't make connection, okay, if, there, if there's not a connection made in that socket, you have no light. And so you, you, want, you, want your, you want to have light in your life. You want to have uh, relationships. We're going to be talking about Philemon. Philemon is, uh, is a letter from the Apostle Paul that the Apostle Paul sends to this man named Philemon. He was a leader in the church. And he sends him about a tough issue between Philemon and one of his employees. His name was Onesimus. There was a big disagreement, big, uh, a lot, lot of unforgiveness that was going on. And so he sends him this letter, and Paul has to be in a, a strong position. He has to give some strong words. And as he gives the strong words, he starts out, Paul understood this three-part process, that you have to be connected for relationships to be healthy. In order to connect with other people, you have to have the source. And so we're going to start there in just a few moments. You have to have the source of your relationship. It's got to be God. And then you have to understand the switch. The switch is yourself. We have to look at ourself and how do we identify and deal with ourself. And then you have to look at the socket, which would be the relationships of other people. So this morning, let's just delve right into this because I want you to catch this. You were created to have relationships. God, when he created man, he created all created things, all, all, everything he, he created. You know, the sun and the stars, he said it was good. He creates the animals, he said it was good. He, the, the oceans, it was good. Day and night, it was good. Then he creates Adam. And he comes back and he says, not good. And he's not good until he finishes the job and he makes Eve. And so he makes a companion. And listen, he created Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, that was the very first interpersonal relationship. Can you imagine that? 
the very first interpersonal relationship. And it was a perfect, they, they had, there was no sin for a week. <laughs> there was no sin, you know. <laughs> Sounds like a typical marriage, right? You know, no, no problems for a week, right? And so, so he, he, he gets in there and, 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 you know, it's like everything's happy. But uh, they got to taste what you and I have never tasted as a, as a perfect environment. We're fallen people. And so, so the, they, were, they were connected on all these levels. And the Apostle Paul um, is going to come to us and give us some important things because we were created to need relationship. You're not created. Christianity is not a solo sport. God did not make you to do this by yourself. God did not make us as humans to do life by ourselves. We need relationships. And as we interact with the world around us, we've got to go back and we've got to look at these three areas. We've got to look at the source. So this morning, we're going to look at this letter from Philemon. It was written nearly 2,000 years ago. The Apostle Paul, he's penning these words. Uh, actually, he's probably speaking them in Timothy. He's writing them down for him. He's under house arrest. And, uh, and, and he pens these words. He gets them over to the church. And he understands this three-point process. But today, I want to remind you that we live in a world where this three-part process is broken. Many times, our relationships are difficult because we don't feel good about ourselves. Uh, we don't understand the source. Sometimes it's the, uh, the, ourself. This switch sometimes gets broken. We don't understand who we are. And then sometimes we have relational things that we need to repair on the top. And so as we look at this, I want you to understand these are, these are things that are, uh, that are inward. Uh, there's an inward switch, there's an outward switch, and there's an upward switch. And so let's look at the eternal connection, first of all, this morning. The eternal connection that is touching uh, and getting in touch with the source, okay? We want to make connection. Um, if I come over here and I take this light... No matter what I do, unless I have connected it, unless I am con- this is connected to that outward source, there is no power to light that lamp. This is our life. There's a lot of good qualities about that lamp. But unless it's plugged in, it don't light up the darkness. And it can be a beautiful shade. It can have all kind of crazy things. And maybe every now and then I'll dust it. But, you know, it's just like... It's like, wow, I can just look at that thing, or I can actually become useful. And whenever it becomes useful, the lamp fulfills its purpose. And so when you are connected to God, when you connect to the eternal source, you fulfill your purpose. You become like this lamp. The lamp is created to provide light. God has created you for relationships and to light up the room. Literally, have you ever been around people that light up a room? Aren't they wonderful? You know, you're just like, wow, you just love being around them. Uh, they're, they're people that, uh, that, that understand these connections. They have all three. They have this connection of the outer source. And we're going to start there with the external connection this morning. Look here at Philemon chapter 1, verse 1. There's only one chapter, so we'll start in verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. To Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He starts out, and these three verses here are verses that I've often read through. I've often said, well, let's get to the meat of the letter. Let's find out what he's really trying to say. In the meantime, he's really trying to say something with his opening. It's not just like, hey, have a great day. I'm so glad. Grace and peace. He says, I want you to, I pray, my prayer for you is that you will have the grace and the peace. You will understand God's riches at Christ's expense. That you will understand you have a life that is filled with grace and you have a life that is filled with peace and, uh, and that it comes from, he says, from God our Father. I want to focus in on that word father this morning because it's a key word to this, to this passage. It's a, it's a Greek word, pateer, and the Greek word there denotes a father, a literal father and son relationship. It's this father in heaven that he is referring to. Uh, in, in, in Luke 15, it's the same word that was used whenever he's talking about the prodigal son and the father. 
He says that the prodigal son, remember the story of the prodigal son? Uh, this father has two sons, and the one son says, I want to go my own way. Dad, give me my inheritance now. So the dad doesn't want to give him his inheritance now. When are you supposed to spend the inheritance? After they die, right? Not while they're alive. That's what an inheritance is, right? So he wanted the inheritance, and he wanted to live and go wild, and, and the dad knew it was not in, in the son's best interest. But there are times that a dad will release the child. I mean, he's an adult. He released him. So he gave him his share of the inheritance, and he released him. And so he went out, and the dad knew what was going to happen. But he, he under, the dad understood. He says, listen, I, if, if I don't do this, it, you know, the, the son, my son, he just doesn't get it. He's not there. And he's complaining and he's losing it. So he takes the inheritance and he runs out. He's been released. He runs out and he's living wildly. He, he, he runs, uh, uh, runs his life into the ground. He ends up feeding pigs. And, uh, and by the way, in Jewish culture, when, when a man, uh, uh, they weren't allowed to eat a pig, let alone raise a pig, let alone go out and, and, and eat with a pig. I mean, this was the lowest, the lowest, the lowest. So he went out and he hit rock bottom. And folks, this is what happens. Uh, the, the son goes out and he takes his, takes his total inheritance and he buys his friends. And when his money's gone, all his friends were gone. He lost everything. He ends up eating with the pigs. He is down at the bottom of life. And it is in that moment that he says, and, and you go read John, I'm sorry, Luke 15. It's pretty powerful. He says, he says when he had come to, him, to his senses, he basically says, I wonder if my dad would take me back. I wonder if my father would take me back. And Jesus continues on with the parable when he says, do you wonder if he would take him back? The father, are you kidding me? The father was waiting for him every day. The father released him and gave him his inheritance, but he was waiting for him every day. He knew, that, he knew that eventually he would come to the end of himself, but he wanted to make sure that he would at least live to tell about it. And so he would, the father would look out every day, and, and as, as he would look out every day, he would be waiting and waiting and waiting. And then one day he comes, he sees his son come running across the field. Actually, his son comes walking in humility because he, he's sweating it out. He's wondering, will my dad accept me? And the dad, will, will the father accept him? Are you kidding me? The father runs off the porch and says, welcome home, my son. My son who was dead is now alive. I love you, son and he wraps his arms around him, and not only does he receive him, but he rewards him. Now, folks, that is not how life typically works, is it? You grow and screw up, you screw up a relationship, and it's hard just to get received, let alone to get rewarded, right? This is the kind of relationship that God says your source is. The Apostle Paul says, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Jesus said, pray to the Lord like this, our Father. He's saying, have this intimate relationship. Do you know whenever Paul said this, that's the idea that he's portraying here? He's saying, grace and peace to you. I am into an intimate relationship with the Father. So here's what he's saying. He's going to tell us about relationships. We're going to find out one of the big deals about relationships. I want to encourage you. There's only 335 Greek words in this. Go home and read it in English, all right? Uh, just, just read this. It's one page. You can read it every day this week. And read it and, and just kind of soak it in. Because here's what's happened. The Apostle Paul says, I can speak to you like this because I have been plugged into the Father. And my light is on. And you know the Apostle Paul really lit up a room, didn't he? The Apostle Paul made, made life, uh, he lightened the load for people. It was amazing what he did. And so as he would come, the Apostle Paul, he says, I'm plugged into the source. And so I want you to catch this this morning because sometimes the Father releases. Many times he receives and he rewards and so that is the grace of God. The grace of God says, I have come, and I am going to receive you unto myself. I reward you. This, you are my child. Now start to understand that connection because this is the truth here. Our heavenly Father never gives up on you. Your heavenly Father. Read that with me. 
Your heavenly Father never gives up on you. I'll tell you what, I think I give up on myself so many times. God never gives up on me. And God never gives up on you. And, and so as you're moving through life and, you, and you're going through life, understand that if you can get connected to the source, if you can understand this type of love, Father's a tough word for some people. You've seen your father make mistakes. I'm a father. I've made many mistakes. Um, I'll tell you what. My heavenly father's never made a mistake. My earthly father let me down a good bit. But my heavenly father has never let me down. I love that one song we sing, he'll never let you down. He's never gonna, he never let me down. So, anyhow, I don't know what it is. It was good. So... <laughs> It was the, that, was, that was the line of it, though. He'll never let me down. He's never let me down. He's never let me down. Oh, maybe I was disappointed with life circumstances, but God has never let me down. Wow. He'll never give up on you. He'll never give up on, up on you. Paul's not talking about his earthly father. He's visualizing himself in a relationship with his source with that loving, supportive father-son, this intimate relationship. So I want to ask you this morning, how do you view yourself connected? Are you connected to the source this morning? Are, are you connected to that loving father, to this father relationship that you're his child and he's your father? Because if you're not, it, it looks really good, but man, there's just no power. And so God says, I, I want you to connect with me, and I, I'm the one who's going to produce this in your life. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to do these things. Etern the eternal connection begins when we, like Paul, see him as a paternal view. We understand ourselves as the sons and daughters of God. Look, he continues on here, uh, and he says, grace to you and peace from our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the word Lord here, uh, he uses the word Lord. Uh, he uses Father, he were, uses the word Lord, and then he uses Christ. And so that word Lord denotes for us the master. He says he's, not only is he paternal, but he's prominent. He, he, he is the God of the universe, and he is in charge of my life. And so, remember, Paul's writing from jail. And so as he's writing from jail, he's not complaining about jail. He's writing from jail, and he's saying, listen, God is still in charge of all things. And so that changes everything. Um, you know, he, was gonna, he writes this letter to Philemon about a slave. It was his employee, Onesimus. Um, you know, Onesimus, that's an interesting name, isn't it? You know, um, we're going we're gonna to read about this guy in the, in the weeks to come here. But he's about ready to give them some tough things. And listen, Onesimus was a servant. He was a slave to Philemon. And there was estrangement, and there, were, there was all kind of problems. We'll get into that problem next week. But I want you to catch this. Paul says, I am a servant of God. I, he's my master. He's my, he's my Lord. And then he goes on, he says, and he is Christ. Look, he, he's Father, he's Lord, and he's Christ. And he, he says, listen, uh, he's the promised one, he, Christos. Uh, it was the, the anointed one, the, the promised one, the long-awaited one that would come. And that was Jesus. And you know what? As a matter of fact, the Jewish people celebrated every year. There was a holiday. They still celebrate. It's called Yom Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, it was, a, it, it was a, a term that means the day of covering. We call it the day of atonement. It was a day of covering when their sins would be covered. They would go in and they would make a sacrifice, a blood animal sacrifice. And as they would slay that animal, it was the, the, the blood wasn't saving them. It was their faith that God would send the Messiah. And so they knew that one day the Messiah would come. And so when he says Christos... He says, not only am I, do I have a, a paternal view of God, not only am I connected with this paternal source, not only am I connected with this prominent source, but he says, I'm connected with the promised source. And this was the long promise of God. And so God, God was moving and, and working in Paul's life, and he's connected. And, uh, and today, I want to encourage you, we celebrate the cross. We don't have to go to a blood sacrifice anymore. Aren't you thankful for that? 
the, the blood was shed once for all forever on the cross. When Jesus died, he paid your sin on the cross. Paul could speak with authority about interpersonal relationships because he was well-connected. And so today I want to encourage you to get well-connected. Start and look at these three connections today. The first one is the eternal source. And check, am I connected? Do I have a relationship with God? Not did I go to church today. Not have I been in church for the last 10 years. Not what you have done. But am I plugged in to Jesus? Those are two different things. Knowing about him and plugged in. You see, knowledge isn't enough. It begins with knowledge. But God wants us to be plugged into him in this relationship, and you can start that today. Uh, the, next, the next connection is the internal connection, connecting to ourself. You know, when, when you come and you have the switch, uh, and so I, I want to let the switch represent our internal connection, connecting to ourself, because sometimes that switch goes out on us. And, uh, and it's just something that we have to deal with. It's called our self-image. And whenever we look at our self-image, you know, we think of things about self-acceptance, self-worth, self-love, self-appreciation, self-respect. And uh, in today's world, you can go out, you can go to Barnes & Noble, and you can buy books on all kind of self-help. But the Apostle Paul had something so much deeper than self-help, folks. He had a connection to God that transformed his connection to himself. We live in a world filled of major problems today, don't we? Uh, your hearts are all shattered and broken as we think of these, these several violent acts that have happened in our country just this weekend. Three open mass shootings have just rocked our, our country right now. We're, 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 we're just blown away that what, what is going on. Folks, what is happening is there's so much things inside of people that they have to deal with. And, and some of these are actions that are being acted out. And, and I want to encourage you today to, to fix this on the inside, to, to, to come before God and fix, understand that you are valuable to God. And when you understand that you are valuable to God, it will change everything about your life, absolutely everything about your life. Look here what the Apostle Paul said. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, he was in, he was in, in Rome, right? He's, he's under arrest. He's likely verbalizing this letter, and Timothy is writing it down because he says, Paul, prisoner of Christ, and Timothy, our brother. So he, he, Paul was a prisoner of Christ, of Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying when he says that? He's not saying, oh, I'm a martyr, woe is me. I've been living for God, and look what they did to me. I was preaching, and they put me in jail, and it was so hard, and, and you know, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. That's called the martyrdom syndrome. Have you ever been around somebody like that? I think we all get that way from time to time, the martyr syndrome. Look what I've done. The Apostle Paul wasn't going on a self-speech about what I have done. He says, look who I am. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a, that's a big accolade right there, to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, I'm a prisoner of Nero or a prisoner of Rome. He says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, I'm a prisoner for Jesus. He says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus. So what he's saying here is, I am a prisoner of Jesus, of this love of God. I am his prisoner. I'll tell you what, when you find love, isn't that the greatest place to be a prisoner? Isn't it? I, 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 you know, when I found this relationship with God, I was a little kid, and I've been a prisoner ever since. And I will gladly be a prisoner to that love because that, that it transforms me. So we're a prisoner to the love of God. And so the Apostle Paul understood this because he was a prisoner of that love. It transformed him from the inside out. Proper relationships develop from the inside out. So these relationships, it isn't all about having a great bulb. It isn't about having a great socket up there. You got to have a switch. And so whenever, whenever you understand this and you start to understand who you are in Christ, anchor yourself in Christ, and when the waves of life come around you, you'll survive it. 
It will, you will be transformed, and you will be the person who lights up the room, and your world will be falling apart all around you, and you will still be the magnet from God. Why? Because yourself. You're looking, and you're understanding. You know what God said about you? He said that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Would you say that with me? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. That's God's word. Psalm 139, go home and read what he says. He says, before you were born, he knew what you would look like. Scary for some of us, right? God knew what I would look like. He knew everything about me. Before my mother knew my name, God knew my name. And so he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I am chosen. I am his child. I am redeemed. I am the son of the most high. Go through and look at who God says that you are. And then go out and and say, now my light can shine a little better. Because it's not woe is me anymore. It's It's not how bad life is. It's not this martyrdom syndrome. If anybody could talk about a martyrdom syndrome, it would be the Apostle Paul. And so what he understood, he understood that being comes before doing. Being comes before doing. Because it's from the inside out, being comes before doing. Let me give you an example of that. If you want to have a great marriage, anybody want to have a great marriage? Raise your hand. Okay. The rest of you nudge your wife. Husband. Nudge your husband, right? Um, If you want to have a great marriage, you must be considerate. You become a considerate person. You're a considerate husband, a considerate wife. Um, how about cooperative teenagers? All right? You don't have to raise your hand on that one. I know every parent of teenagers wants cooperative teenagers. You know what you have to be? You have to be consistent. You have to be understanding. You have to be a loving parent. Um, teenagers, I know there are many in the room this morning. You want to have, uh, have parents that are more fair? Let me tell you, teenagers, how you have parents that are more fair. You be a kind son or daughter. Uh, you dust off those old words from the Scripture that say, honor and obey your parents, and watch what God does. You see, being comes before doing. How about in the workplace? Um, you know, know how to change your workplace? You be the pleasant person in the workplace. You show up on time. You, 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 uh, you, you, you become this person of character. Uh, how about a friend? You know what Proverbs says about a friend? He says, if you want to have a friend, you must what? Be a friend. Be a friend. Uh, you won't have a friend if you don't be a friend. And so it's a two-way street. Paul understood that, and he's, gonna, he's talking to Philemon here. But here's what he understood. He understood that if he loses his life in Christ, all right, Matthew 10, 39, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so he says, look, Jesus, these are his words. He says, if you lose yourself, your life, okay, it's not the flesh and blood, not, not, not your heartbeat. He says, if you lose who you are, your identity in Christ, and you, you start to understand who he says that you are, then you will find it. Um, you know, it's not about a pumped-up attitude, Self, uh, self-esteem and, and, and understanding yourself, being connected well to yourself is not about some pumped-up attitude. Uh, I've read so many of those things. I read them all the time. Um, you know, I, I was re- reading a book two days ago, and in the book it said, you must do this, this, and this, and everything will work out great. I'm like, no, it doesn't, because I did that, Okay. And so what it is is I come back to God, and I understand God. Because, listen, even if you fail, even if you fail, you're still loved by the Father. Isn't that powerful? Even if you fail, and we all fail. Success is failure tired out. So you are going to fail. And the more you fail, the more you've got to understand, I'm loved by the king, I'm loved by the king, I'm loved by the king. And, and, and it makes me want to sing. And so you just start singing to this God and you start to praise him. Why? Because that's who he is. He loves you, he cares for you, and he transforms your life. Listen, to be a prisoner, we have to understand this. When we are held captive by his love, it has a liberating effect on our self-image. Let's read that out loud together. When we are held captive by God's love, 
It has a liberating effect on our own self-image. You will grow. Let me tell you when you start to understand this. When you become a prisoner of Jesus Christ, of the love of God, you're light. You got, you got connection at that socket. And that's what God can do. And he can transform. And sadly, most people think relationships is all about what I see right here. Relationships starts back here. You got to get connected to God. If you don't have this, you can never get the fullest. You'll never get the fullest. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. So when we plug in, we have this opportunity that God can start to work in our life. Now, the next thing we have to understand is who we are. Because many people, because you've been rejected, you'll reject other people. Because uh, you feel bad about yourself, you project that on other people. And so what we got to do is we got to understand who we are in Christ. And it's okay that you failed. God loves people who fail. He loves every one of us. He loves me. He loves you. And so we can have these great things that God will do in our life. And then he continues on here this morning. Um, everything has a good source, and if you start with a source, it works. The external connection, the external connection, that is uh, relating well with others. And that's where we light up the room, relating well with others, the external connection. And when, as we understand the external connection, it's not enough to be plugged in. It's not enough to understand ourself, but you have to let this out, and you've got to touch the world around you. Uh, look here, Philemon 1 again. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. Look how he addresses them. He says, you're my brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. To Aphia, our sister. There's brother and sister. To Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Look at the terms that he uses. He says, first of all, we're family. We're brother, we're sister. Do you know what brothers and sisters do? What do they do? Think about it. Turn to your neighbor. What do brothers and sisters do? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? What'd you say? They fight. I, you know, why does that come to your mind first instead of we love each other? <laughs> we're best friends for life. We're BFFs. Or whatever, BBF, I don't know, whatever, right? No, we don't, we don't think that, right? When you think of brother and sister, you think of an all-out brawl. You, you know, I got two daughters, I know. I know what sisters do. Uh, I, I had a brother. I, I know what me and my brother did. I know what me and my sister did. And listen, it, it, not, not a whole lot of it's pleasant. But here's what brothers and sisters do. They may fight like cats and dogs, but when they walk out of that door, nobody's touching my brother. Nobody's touching my sister. We may disagree all we want, and that's what the family of God is all about, folks. And we're going to get to this. It is so powerful. And I'm like, how did I miss this in these three verses that I skimmed over to get to the heavy part of the letter? It's like, wow. He says, man, we are brothers and sisters. He says to Philemon. He talks about Philemon, Aphia, and Archippus. Philemon, that was his dear friend and fellow worker. Aphia was Philemon's wife. Archippus was Philemon's son. He says to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, he calls him a friend. He's a fellow worker. The word behind fellow worker here is a Greek word from where we get the English word synergy. And it's, you know what synergy is? It's whenever two individual things come together and they work together and you go faster together and it gets better together. And folks, that is how the church is. We are not a solo sport. We are better together. We have synergy. The apostle Paul said we have synergy. You are my synergy. Philemon, you're a good worker. Philemon, I value you. Look what what you're doing for God. Keep going. And and he's, he's, he's given this family. He's given this synergy. He's given this relational, highly relational term. Deuteronomy says that one can chase a thousand but two can chase 10,000. Christianity is not a solo sport. Look, look, what, look what Solomon said. Read, read this with me. Let's read it out loud together. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Two are better than one. Now, 
Here's this, this verse is pretty cool. Also, if two lie together, they'll keep warm. Amen. But how can one keep warm alone? Okay? Uh, we use that in weddings all the time. Uh, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You, me, God, we can do anything. We are the family of God. We are the brothers, the sisters. We are the synergy. We are the soldiers. He says to Archippus, you're a soldier. You're out there. You're battling. We've been in, 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 in it together. And so, folks, I want to remind you this, that life is all about relationships. Life is all about relationships. And as we move through this, I want to encourage you to come and get connected to the source. This is where it all starts. Where it starts is by being connected to the source. You won't have good relationships without the source. And uh, you may have connection to the source, but you don't understand who you are in Christ. You've got to understand who you are in Christ, and you've got to get the switch. And then there are times that we have to tighten the bulbs in the socket, don't we? And we have to go say, okay, I'm sorry, I forgive, let's do this, and let's get moving. And that's what he's going to talk about. He's, he's going to talk about how to be free because relationships, you know what? You can, you can spend all your time and, and money on things, and all that can be replaced. But a relationship, money can't fix that. Only time. Only this. Only the power. Only, only, only the self. Understanding the self. Only making adjustments and coming back and watching what God will do. As we close this morning, I want to encourage you to have an inspection. The Apostle Paul said uh, over in Corinthians, he said before they took communion that they should, that they should examine their soul, examine their heart. And I want to ask you this morning to examine your heart. Are you connected to the power source? Um, do you have this plug? Are you currently connected? Not did you pray a prayer when you were five. I'm asking you, are you connected to Jesus today? Are you walking with him? If you're not, I want to encourage you to go home and let's get started. Go home and let him read to you. You know what? This, this word, let him read to you. I use the Bible app. He reads to me every day. Um, let God's word speak to you. And he will. You know, this is the only living book. Many of you are reading novels and summer things, and that's great. But those things aren't living. You'll read them, and you'll get the same message every time. You come back to this, and there's a Holy Spirit. And you read that verse that you thought you knew, and God says, oh, hey, Ken, I got something new for you today. Listen to me. I want you to go home and try it. Get connected to the source. Start with the book of John, 21 days, great place to start. If you're not reading, start in John. Uh, keep reading. Get connected to the source. Give God 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour of your day. You, your, your soul will be enriched. Then come over and look at, your, at yourself and, man, are you rejecting others because you've rejected yourself? Are you projecting other things on other people because you, you feel bad about yourself and there's things that maybe you weren't given as a child and, and now you project that unhappiness and ugliness onto other people? Go home and make an inspection of these things. And, and then the next thing I want you to do is go home and have correction. Have correction. You know what? I, I don't ever want anybody to leave here beat up because that's not the intention. But I, I do want us to be convicted by the Spirit of God. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something. As we've went through this this morning, there's something coming to your mind, and I don't know what it is. It may be something that we haven't even mentioned, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And so I want you to go home and let him correct. Go home and look at those areas. If, if you're not into the word, get back into the word. If there's, a, if there's an adjustment, we've got to tighten the socket, let's tighten the socket. If we've got to work on the switch, let's work on the switch. If we've got to come to the source, let's go work on the source. But let's do this so that we can be people who will be lights of the world and will transform your life, number one. You'll be set free. Set free. Next week, we're going to talk more about being set free. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to invite you to trust Jesus. If you're not connected yet to the source, I want to invite you to come back to Jesus 
He died on the cross and he paid for your sins. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knows every mistake. He knows every problem. He knows every burden. And yet he's chosen to pursue you and love you. And and he wants a relationship with you. So this morning I ask you, if you've not yet started that, would you open your heart and start that today? Would you just call on him and pray something like this to God? He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to call on him this morning. Just pray something like this. Dear God, I come before you and I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm in need of you. I'm in need of a savior. God, I ask that you'll transform my heart, transform my life. I believe that you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And so, God, I invite you into my heart, into my soul right now. God, thank you for loving me. And for others in this room this morning, maybe God's brought something to your mind, and there's a moment of correction. The Holy Spirit is convicting you, and he's reminding you about his forgiveness right now. Because God has forgiven you, and he wants you to go home, and he wants you to be free. So I want to encourage you. We're just going to end this service here with a moment, with a, a minute of quiet before we sing our closing song. And I want you to meet with God Almighty and have a word with him as we close today. people here this morning that have made decisions, new decisions, rededicating decisions. God, we love you, and we're excited to follow you deeper. We we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's stand up and sing together in response. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name.